Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world joining us. Welcome. We are so happy to have you here at USA Global TV and radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck, the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network. Our show today is The Art of Creating Mental Health Wealth. And of course, we have a fabulous guest who is joining us from the Midwest of the United States. Before we bring him out, let's welcome the star of our show, Janetta Barry and the Epiphany Process. Hello, Hi, Dr. Jacqueline. Hi, everybody. So do tell, where in the world are you today? <laughs> I'm in deepest, darkest Africa, in the middle of the Great Rift Valley, near a lake called Lake Naivasha with lots of hippopotamus in it. And it is the, one of the most beautiful places in the world. So I, I pinch myself every morning when I wake up. So lovely to be here. Well, I must say that you actually are glowing today. You look quite happy. <laughs> I do. I had a bit of a move over the last three days. So I think this morning I woke up going, yay, <laughs> I'm human again. <laughs> well, it's interesting that you had that move. And of course, that was unexpected. And things happen in our lives all the time that we don't know what's going to happen and then how do we show up? How do we deal with it? So I know we're gonna be talking a little bit about that with our guests. Before we bring out Hirsch, let's have Janetta share your background and your reason for doing this show. Oh, thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. Uh, yeah, this show is very close to my heart. Uh, really, having been a motivational speaker and trainer for, for years, I knew something was very, very missing in, in that way of getting people to empower themselves because they, they remain disempowered. And uh, it took my greatest life test for me to finally find something that really worked. Um and that, that life test was, was when I had an enormous argument with my 16-year-old daughter, Jenny, one day. And she took herself off in a rage to leave home. And I sensed something wasn't right. And I went to find her. And I found that she had taken her life in her ensuite shower, her ensuite bathroom. And it, it brought me down to ground zero on all all levels of my life to the point where I don't think I've ever felt so isolated and alone in my whole life. It, it, it felt like it was a lifetime emotional and perhaps even a, a bit of a physical prison sentence. And after an aha moment that I had, or better still, an epiphany moment I had, uh, I decided that I had to find ways to get through through this and that living a life like this for the rest of my life just wasn't an option whatsoever. And so after studying and researching and applying and walking the walk and talking the talk, uh, I brought out what I now use as the epiphany process. I've worked with thousands of people all over the world and help them through from day-to-day -day challenges right through to the most dire, dire PTSD type of challenges, even, even terrorist attacks and all that sort of thing. But one of the most profound things that came out of this was the synergy of of Jenny and, uh, and a whole load of things that surrounded her before and after she died. And after she died, we realized that she'd actually passed on World Mental, uh, World Mental Health Day, the 10th of October. And we now have World Jenny's Day, where we use theater and the arts 
to soften and normalize conversations around depression, suicide, and their solutions, because there are solutions. When we can step out of the mindset that mental mental challenge is an illness means you're broken, that kind of conversation keeps people stuck in a place. And it's not true. We all are challenged at some time or another in our lives. And it's how it's handled uh, and how we handle it that's that's the most important thing. And theatre and the arts does it so beautifully. It gets people to open up so beautifully. So that's World Jenny's Day on the 10th of October. And it's going to be platformed. 2022 is being platformed here on USA Global TV. Dr. Jacqueline and I are co-hosting the whole day and I'm inspired and, and really excited to see how it's coming together. We're even getting a World Jenny's Day song written and performed, watch this space, um, by our by our own very, very own USA Global TV co-hoster co as well, Madeline Chan. So uh, that's one of many examples. So that's what this show is all about. And our, our guest today, I've been so looking forward to having Hirsch on this show because if anything can soften those conversations and soften feelings and soften overthinking and soften those, those sharp corners that we often feel, it's comedy. And today, I am so pleased to introduce you to Hirsch Reppen, who has had dual characters in stand-up comedy and advertising, and he operates on one simple principle, to sell the truth. He's appeared in comedy clubs across the U.S., and his clients include change makers, market leaders, agencies, educational institutions, and even Oscar-winning filmmakers. And for me, meeting Hirsch uh, a couple of months ago, he interviewed me on his, his podcast, Truth Tastes Funny. He blew me away. And I believe you're going to find him just as engaging and thought-provoking because this, this channel is very much about listening. And, and boy, does this man listen to you. He not only listened to what I had to say, but he was able to transform uh, all that I was saying into really deeply meaningful uh, questions that I have not really been asked before when we talk the subject of suicide and Jenny and all that backstory. And uh, I came out of there going, wow, I don't only feel listened to, but I feel that a deeply impactful podcast was put together by this incredibly talented man. And so as the host of, and it's an increasingly popular podcast, Truth Tastes Funny, Hirsch explores the absurdity of life's challenges, because when you can stop and look at how absurd it is, you go, really, could that really happen? And at the same time, he's able to engage with experts who've dedicated themselves to finding serious solutions. So what I love about Hirsch is that he understands what we talk about in the epiphany process, which is the yin and yang, the yin and yang of, 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 on a scientific level, as well as on a, an emotional, mental, spiritual, whatever level. He gets it with the light and shade of uh, the, the stress that we have and the humor that's in it. So I would now like to introduce you to all uh, introduce Hirsch to all our viewers and listeners today, Hirsch Reppen. Welcome. Hi, welcome. Hi. Well, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. Thank you, Janetta, for that introduction. Wow. Um, it's wonderful to hear. It's very gratifying because that that's, you know, and I was excited for our interview even before meeting you, and I was naturally uh, wanting to approach our interview, in a, you know, it was a little different. I, we have people who come on with, with lighthearted issues or uncomfortable things or strange things, but this was something so, so um, uh, important and, and, and so substantive and so human that, uh, that I wanted to make sure that, uh, that I handled it 
you know, the right way and, and, and true to the show as well. And you uh, allowed us to get there. And so I, I appreciated you as a guest uh, as much as you appreciated me as a host. Um, and, uh, and it's just, it's growing into something that I feel um, is what I envisioned, which a lot of times we, we jump into things and we either have a vision and it's, it, we find out we were wrong or we have a vision and we find out that it's different from what we thought. Um, this is fulfilling in a way that I, that I had, had hoped it would be. Uh, and it's, and it's really just the beginning, but, um, but I think that, that we're, we're all, every day we're getting up wanting to find some tether to, uh, to sanity, to keeping our, our heads together. And, uh, and it takes effort to do that. Absolutely. Hirsch, thank you for sharing that. And uh, I'm excited to actually be able to listen to this podcast that you two recorded. How can we find this? Well, we're on all the, uh, all the, the platforms on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, also, if you go to, uh, to uh, truthtastesfunny.com, It'll direct you to our page. And so that's an easy way to remember, you know, to, to find it. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's spreading and it's pretty much every, on, on all the platforms now. That is very exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. My question for you is you are used to commanding a stage and commanding a microphone. And yet at the same time, from what Janetta just shared, you're an excellent listener. And those two things don't usually go together in my experience. So tell us a little bit about how you're able to listen at such an effective and elevated level. At the same time, you're able to mesmerize people and, and, and just with your presence, change someone's demeanor and their, their feelings and their perspectives with your humor. I, I have a feeling that, uh, because I because I spent uh, possibly the um, you know the first maybe seven years of my life uh, just talking that maybe maybe that that has something to do with it maybe maybe I was so loquacious and such a uh, kind of a, a character as a young kid and as a person that I recognized that maybe I I wasn't completely absorbing what other people were doing. And when I was learning acting, listening is so important as an actor when I was doing theater. And, and I think the theater is really where I learned to listen. And then getting into the professional world, working in advertising and being a, a, a creative director and brand storyteller, I learned to listen to brands and I learned to listen to their their needs and what they had hoped for for their image and uh and so i think listening really started becoming second nature and then marrying the stand-up back into it i think i i became a much more full rounded person on stage instead of just being funny i used to do voices impressions um but but I, I kind of evolved that into storytelling about about some serious subjects as well. Thank you, Hirsch. You know, I just met you backstage and I had no expectations. And for some reason, I you know, I was, thought maybe he's going to be telling jokes or he's going to have some <laughs> flip comments. You're actually very down to earth and very easy to gravitate towards. I, I really like the energy that you're putting out there. So I... I believe that all of your work and your efforts have manifested into becoming something, someone truly exceptional. Thank you. Uh, that means a lot. Um, you know, we second guess ourselves a lot. We, 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 we often think that uh, we wonder, are we saying the right thing? Are we acting the right way? Are we behaving the right way? And I'm just learning now, I think, maybe I've done it before, but trusting my instincts about when to be funny, when to be silly. Uh, you know, I rarely was in, when I was a kid in school, I rarely got thrown out of class because I had an instinct for what the teacher could take. <laughs> so I kind of 
knew, like if the teacher gave me a look or the teacher was giving me, was responding or, or it was starting to become a little disruptive, I would rein it in because I'd be, well, okay, well, I don't need this whole thing to blow up into a completely senseless affair. And I would pick my moment and then I would make my joke and the teacher would, and if it was a good joke and I chose my material wisely, the teacher would would have to acknowledge that and let it let it go and then there'd be this kind of silent understanding that I I'm going to I'm not going to disrupt until the 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 next optimal opportunity. Sorry Jeanette, I just have another question. <laughs> I'll go over to you. Thank you Hirsch. So, a question I have at least here in the states and I'm sure in many parts of the world, there's so many topics that are hot topics that people feel so strongly about one way or another and we can't say this and we can't say that. And so, how do you gauge what it is that you will you will use in in just speaking with someone to try to lighten up the mood, whether it's a performance or just having a conversation, someone's feeling down. We have to be so careful about everything we say now. It, it seems like there are more things we can't say than what we can say. So how do you manage that? That's a great, a great point, Dr. Jacqueline, because as a stand-up comedian, even these days, we're in a much more uh, sensitive, hypersensitive state uh, where we we feel like everybody's very raw and we don't want to offend people or we're just getting so into correcting ourselves. But it goes back to the to the listening and it's about reading an audience. And I'm not quite sure, I mean, I'm sure there is a science to it. For me, it is um, it is an instinct where you test you test the waters and you, remain tuned in and when you feel that there's a there's an opportunity to push and 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 go somewhere with something you go for it uh, but you're just able to 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 modulate things and also being empathetic I think I think knowing one of the reasons I feel I can I can talk to pretty much anybody is because, I really try to empathize with their point of view. I, I, I find it impossible to look at someone and just sum up everything I think about them and then, and then have this, even though they may have a widely divergent uh, view, I just, I just somehow relate. I, I did that, um, you know, it, it, during the elections in the United States, Things were so polarized, people were so keyed up, and I would still talk to anyone that would talk to me. And I felt like there's there should be so much more effort made in that way. I completely agree with you, Hirsch. I love your perspective. If we could just listen and be curious, we can learn. It doesn't mean we have to yeah. agree, but we can learn. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, what I'm hearing um, and why I believe so many people do relate with you and to you is that there's there's sensitive comedy that comes from the heart and then there's zany con comedy. And so often the zany comedians have come from a really tragic type of scenario that was hard to handle. So they go to the other extreme of zaniness to try without realizing more, more often than not that they're balancing out. But from what I hear from you is that you've been able to take the sensitivity that was inherently with you and always use it with, with your gift. Uh, am I right in saying, or, or perhaps uh, my question is, did you decide to go into comedy as a as a part as a career because you had a really difficult background or was it a significant happening where you finally went this is really what I want to do what what finally decided this was what what your life was about and your purpose this is a, a bigger question than it than it might seem because as I mentioned as a as a child I was a, a very entertaining 
child. I had a wonderful and fortunate upbringing, a very, you know, loving upbringing. Um, I was raised in a in an Orthodox Jewish home, so there were strict uh, observances and connection to the faith, but also very, very full of laughter, a very, a very uh, positive experience. And a lot of times you hear uh, from comedians or you know of their background, as you alluded to, they ha there's tragedy, there's, there's pain, and the stage is a, a, a kind of a, a place for catharsis. What, what, I what I don't think I realized was until I started doing comedy in my early 20s, and the comedy I was doing was satirical and character-based, and I was doing a character, it wasn't even me, where I had the most success. I was playing another character who was like a lounge singer and a name dropper. It was very funny, I thought, and well-received. But, um, but I think as I got older and as you mature and you have relationships and kids and family and responsibilities and life is complicated, then you start to actually process everything. So I think there was always this this wanting to process things. Um, but I, I think it took many years for me to start to acknowledge the depth that was there. I think for some reason, maybe my, maybe it was an escape for me, the stage, not from something horrible, but just from, from whatever was horrible out there. Like I didn't, I didn't, like to immerse myself in topics of the day, news, war, bloodshed. I mean, what kid really does. And I carried that lightness with me. But I think at a certain point, I, I was just so in, all of a sudden, I was so in touch with, with the realities of the world. And I think it has to do with parenting that um, that I just decided I would okay now I'm gonna now I'm I'm gonna in my comedy focus more on what's what I'm really feeling I'm still gonna use humor but I'm gonna take the truth and I'm going to sell it you know just as I do in advertising I say sell the truth because I'm like you can't you know BS everybody and and you can't fool the consumer and that's not really the way to go you have to sell them what you're really believing and so i think i started doing that in comedy where i would take sensitive subjects and and be open about them because i don't call it dark comedy i call it light comedy i think when you when you shine a light on something dark it becomes exposed and that's what i try to do with the with the comedy so you can see where that where relating to all that Hershism does is all so much what uh, what I say and and the epiphany process. It's amazing, such uh, such heart opening ways to look at dark things that most people latch onto and go uh, horrible, can't go there, and lightening up. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and you and 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 in comedy, the the goal is to challenge yourself, and you can shock is is I'm using the word shock only the set in the literal sense. You're you're not trying to offend or go or be extreme, but in my kind of comedy, keeping the attention of the audience, the 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 magic combination is honesty, right? Honest humanity and humor and daring. And being being daring about about how you talk about it, I've I've talked about I've talked about uh, uh, g drunk driving and and having got, got gotten gotten arrested for drunk driving and gotten a DUI, you know, and that's an embarrassing thing for a for an adult to and a parent to admit to. But at the time, this was you know a decade ago, and at the time, I thought, well, if if I if I talk about it in my comedy, then first of all, my kids will know, you know, and 
they'll have learned something from my experience and maybe other parents will hear it and other people will hear it and they'll make better choices and you know they'll they'll do something right and the embarrassment that it causes me is 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 momentary is like a getting a shot you know it's it's it was just it was a stupid thing and it's like well i i should i'm making fun of myself so i'm not hurting anybody else and and i can look my kids in the face and say oh daddy did this stupid did this stupid thing you know this is and i'm not and the way i'm doing it i'm not making a joke out of it i'm i'm talking about it in a way that that is that is real and genuine and just using the the humor you know at my at my expense i have i know where the where that where it's trained where the where the camera's trained you know the 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 light i think what you're doing is is wonderful it's so important that especially in families that there aren't the secrets that decades later you know some family member discovers and then because we've had that in our family and that's that's a painful journey so i applaud you for for what you're doing we do have some comments here from our friend adam hello adam nice to have you with us Hello, all you beautiful legends. <laughs> we at the Mental Health Warriors do get serious, but we always bring humor to mental health. And I have a question. I've learned that kids laugh between two and 300 times a day. Why do you think us adults forget this? Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. That's a great question, Adam. Um, you know, and I don't, I don't know that we, we, well, we do forget it, but I think what happens is we were we as we become older we're constantly reminded that it's time to grow up and to get serious as though and be a serious adult as though as though being an adult doesn't involve humor somehow and so we don't really for we don't really forget about laughter, but we all of a sudden and this, and I'm guilty of this too. This has happened to me too. We, we look at, at children and we think, okay, they have the, yeah, they have the right to, to laugh and they can, they can find humor and they can play, but you know, it's time to get serious now. Let's get serious. And it's something we have to fight. We have to fight back against being too serious. We, we, we can, we can find, the humor in things and laugh uh, and, and sometimes it'll be inappropriate and that's okay too. Uh, you know, in the sum total of, of all the laughs that we have in our life, some are going to be inappropriate and those may even be the best, the best laughs. Thank you, Hirsch. And thank you, Adam. Uh, I'd like to follow up with that because this has happened to me. I don't know if it's happened to any of you, but if, when there is a serious situation, it's happening to us, and then we make light of it. Sometimes other people judge us. Well, that's not funny. How can you laugh at that? <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, <laughs> you put it back on them, but this does happen. What are your thoughts? Uh, th well, the judgment is, the, is, is a biggie for me. I think that, you know, I have in the last, you know, uh, couple of decades, I guess, you know, started to rebel against judgment of any of any kind. For every person standing on a street corner pointing at the person down the block and what a terrible person they are, there's someone up the next street pointing down at, at, at them. And, you know, the we have to, it comes back to fear. What are we afraid of? What are we, what do we think is going to happen if someone isn't happy? with us you know i'm sorry you feel that way i'm sorry you're not happy or uh, you know it's 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 our own well-being is what makes us useful to everybody else and our well-being to adam's point requires a lot of laughter and we need to get our laughter we need it as much as we need uh to exercise and to drink and have food and have and have the sustenance that we need for our bodies we need to laugh and i think that we only have to really please ourselves and if someone else is judging us we're actually we're judging us that's really us we're someone else is saying something to us but we're we're 
we're exacting judgment on ourselves and we and we can look inward and say why are you listening to that why are you why are you listening to this you want to go out and have some laughs have have some laughs i love that because uh also what i've noticed and you've hit it on the head and i've noticed that often that judgment from them is a reflection of their judgment on themselves and has True. when i can remove that and go it has nothing to do with me it has to do with past experiences charges happenings belief systems that are coming up that they're on the journey of either learning or deciding not to learn how to handle and that's their path and that's helped me tremendously in that uh, to be able to just say okay it, it's their stuff but it's not easy because as you were saying dr jacqueline it's very easy to want to essentially be liked and loved by everybody and the moment somebody challenges you you feel as though a part of you is incomplete. And and that's why being able to say, oh, well, maybe that's their incompleteness that's reflecting out has helped. But definitely that humor in, in the most darkest times, I think it's vital. Yeah. You know, you'll notice, you'll notice uh, next to me is a kind of a shadow which could be attributed to questionable last minute lighting choices. But what, what it reminded me of is that I talk to myself a lot. I, I offer commentary to myself and I do it aloud. I, I do it, you know, fortunately not when people can really see me doing it, but I, but I do it. I have this alter ego that has a conversation with me and, and, I noticed after a while, well, I, you know, I always treat myself with humor. That character, whoever that, that alter ego or that, or that it or whatever, always, always applies a layer of humor. And I wasn't in my own life applying that, that layer. I was, I was the serious person. And I think as soon as I, as soon as I, as soon as I realized that, I started judging other people differently as well. I would, I, when you saw that person reflecting their own negative self-image upon themselves, it started to really hurt, hurt me or, or, or I felt for them. And I think, Janetta, what, what you do and Dr. Jacqueline, what you're doing is you are looking out for others and you're trying to help other people. And so what I think we're all finding is that, that that really infuses us with purpose and and focus and perspective so that all of us can be healthier. So the person who judged me can maybe somehow glean something at some point and have that have their epiphany. Everybody, every miserable person is an epiphany waiting to happen. I like that. Thank you. Uh, also, one more comment that I have about this specific topic, and then I want to talk about your hats behind you, especially kosher. Oh, um, yeah. So my follow-up question is, I've had people say to me when I've gone through really serious things that the reason why you're laughing is because you're in denial about your own situation. And you're, you're wondering if that, if that, if that, if laughter is a form of denial? Yes. Well, it would have it would have to be a a very fake laugh because and there are people who who will laugh who will laughter that reflects any kind of denial is so forced and labored that it cannot be confused with with genuine laughter. Laughter is freeing. Laughter is often involuntary, right? It's, it's a release. That's why I say sometimes it's inappropriate, but it, you, the people who laugh because they're in denial are, are not really believing their own laughter. So the excuse that, you know, you just don't take it seriously because you're in, you're in, you're in denial is possible, but it's not this, it's not the laughter that we're, that we're talking about. That really helps. Thank you. 
Sure. And Adam, we've got a lot of uh, comments from Adam as well. Let's just put up a couple of them. Fake laugh is another word for masking. Yeah. Yeah, true. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Adam. So let's talk a little bit about kosher. Tell us yes. what is the significance of it. This is this is a, a um, you know in the advertising part of my life, uh, uh, my business partner Isaac Fadlon and I have a, an ad agency called Propeller Five, and we were doing a lot of work before the pandemic. When the pandemic hit, and we work a lot with fashion and footwear clients. When the pandemic hit, all our projects were canceled. Like everyone else, we went underground. And after a few months, we were trying to figure out, well, what are we going to do with our time and energy and creativity? And uh, and he had had this idea. He had he had created that that kosher hat, the the one with uh, kosher and in, in a box on it, a couple years earlier. And we had started to plan some marketing for it. And we were we wanted to create a brand called the Kosher Brand. With kosher meaning it's all good. If someone says, is that deal kosher? Is that, oh, I know that guy, he's kosher. You know, kosher means it's all good. It's legit. And in fact, we did a billboard in LA with kosher and we have a shirt also in, in LA with, um, with kosher written in 15 of the world's uh, most well-known languages. So that way someone walking down the street with kosher in English, it's in Hebrew, Arabic, Turkish, Armenian, Japanese, and um, and the idea is that kosher is universal and inclusive, and um, and so we just we really just launched it this year. We launched a nonprofit called the Keep It Kosher Project, which is just getting off the ground now, and will support street artists, artists who who are uh, you know doing graffiti and doing other messaging, but they may not have a platform. They may, may need a wall. Uh, they may need supplies, and uh, and through this nonprofit, the the very first thing will be to kind of outfit them with the forms of expression that they need to express their positive messaging, and that'll be all over the the United States. Uh, and then um, and then we collaborate with artists, and we have a new product coming out, and it's it's just a labor of love. It's uh it's just something that we felt. We felt that, 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 that if we wanted to use our talents to put something in the world, we wanted to put some positive message in the world and that the time had come for the kosher brand. And, uh, and so we're, we're deep into it now. Now, now. now there's no turning back. Now we're, we're, we're selling the things we're doing. Uh, we're going to be involved with uh, World Jenny's Day this year, which we're very excited about. Um, we're looking for uh, a few artists that are going to do a uh, mural. And, um, and so uh, it, it's, it's exciting. The, 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 it was a contagious experience from the beginning, like artists and, and musicians and comedians. And we did a, a huge photo campaign and we donated uh, money to um, anti-hate groups and um and we we got musicians uh comedians uh street artists and and more to uh to appear in the campaign it was great a huge congratulations to you how exciting thank you, thank you. and you're going to be here for world jenny's day as well yeah we're gonna we're gonna participate in that we're excited about that it, it's 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 wonderful it's it's you know we never know what's what's coming around the corner. We don't know what the next challenge will be or what the next uh, victory or excitement will be. But when we take these little steps towards something meaningful, uh, something meaningful follows. Something meaningful comes back. And um, and I I think that that I'm just I'm thrilled that 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 it. It, that I've been able to tie in the humor and the comedy, you know, because because with uh, with uh, every endeavor doesn't come an opportunity to do something funny, you know. That's that's not that's not built into every single thing that you do. Um, so with the podcast, uh, it's it's fun that that it's. It's tied to humor, so I can't really get away from humor altogether. I just did a podcast. I appeared on another podcast. 21-year-old college student has a podcast. 
here in the United States. And um, he, uh, he, he dresses as a banana and, and asks very kind of funny, silly questions. But it was an amazing, it was so fun to be on this, to be on this podcast with this, with this kid. Um, and he had researched me and had all these knew everything about me. And it was, it was very, really fun. Hirsch, thanks for sharing that. We we're coming to the end of our show. But I question I have for you is how much work is it to be funny? None. Good. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, it's, it's, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's effortless. Um, no, the, 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 there is no, there, it's hard to, to live up to an expectation of being funny because we don't decide when we're funny and when we're not. So I think the only thing that's really hard about being funny is it isn't always up to us. It's better if we work on ourselves inside, make ourselves the, 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 the healthiest and happiest that we can be so that we can leave the doors open so that when the opportunity to be funny comes up, we have it. We, it's, it's accessible to us and it's not covered up. To go back to our listen, viewer Adam's point, is that it's not covered up by all the grown-up stuff that makes us so so upset and so and so self-conscious. Leave that stuff off so that when that chance to be funny comes up, we can take. And it's so needed for all of our mental health. I don't care where you are in the world. We all need to be able to be lighter. I, I know with myself, Janetta knows this. I'm in my masculine energy. It's always go, 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 go. And sometimes we just have to lighten up and take a step back. I think of it as being sort of that eagle flying over and just look flying over our lives and looking at it with a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Yeah. Thank you. So agree. For me, my, my lightening up person is Andy because he can get so silly sometimes that I have to stop and go, okay, all right. Okay, I'm taking myself too seriously. And it is, it is being able to stop and go, hold on, this is really not that serious. In the grand scheme of things, if I take my enormous step backwards, it's actually quite funny. And uh, I think when one can realize it, it's important to factor in, then life becomes yeah. beable rather than doable. You're yes. being, you become a human being instead of a human doing. <laughs> yes. Very and good. I think also as entrepreneurs, we, we can discuss this on another show, but uh, we get so heads down into what we're doing and that all these things are happening around us that we're missing that could bring us humor and lightness. But it's like, I have to get this project done. I have to get this. Done. No, let's take a step back, take some deep breaths and look around and go, wow, that's kind of funny. The fact that I just spent all those hours working on something on a document and then it disappeared because I didn't I didn't save it as I was going through. Yeah. Like there's, there are ways that we could look at things from a new new set of eyes, really. Yeah. Watch kids. Watch kids how they decide to make fun of something or not. Instead of correcting them, we should observe them as though they're elevated, uh, advanced forms of life. You know, they, they will come up with the funniest things and the most silliest things. And sometimes we're, we're busy hurting them and trying to, you know, herd them into the next, you know, get them into the next activity or whatever it is. And we really should be watching their behaviors because it's what we need to often pursue. Absolutely. It can be very liberating. Yeah. It's been a pleasure having you here today. I'm going to spotlight you. Of course, your banner's there, but for people who are listening on the radio or they're unable to read it, what's the best way to get in touch with you, Hirsch, and who would you like to reach out to you? Um, I think that, uh, I think, well, the, the, best, the best way to, to reach out to me uh, is probably to go to, uh, to truthtastefunny.com and... Um, and be in touch with the show or, or uh, get in touch with the show. Oh, also, hirschrepoon.com, there's a contact, uh, there's a contact uh, page. So if they want to reach out to me, either uh, 
to talk about the show or talk about uh, or talk about appearances and things like that, comedy appearances and so forth. Obviously, all the booking stuff that's all on hershrepoon.com, which I had uh, neglected to to give you. Yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's the best way. That's the best way to find me and see kind of the full picture of all the things I'm doing. All right, fantastic. Thank you. I'm a quick typist, I think. So <laughs> yeah, you're awesome. <laughs> Yay. That's magic. It's there. It happens immediately like that with no effort. I don't know where <laughs> there that, it was. I, yeah. You know, Dr. Jacqueline, I'm, I'm itching to introduce Hirsch to Kev Orkian. And uh, Kev is uh, one of World Jenny's Day's ambassadors, and he's the most wonderful Armenian he came from Armenia, but lives in UK and sounds very, very British. Um, hugely open-hearted comedian, and uh, I would love to introduce you to he and and the three of us talk about what we might be able to do with World Jenny's Day on the comedian side, so on the com sure. comedic side. So, yeah. and I think you'll, you'll love, I mean, today I, I, I messaged him and said, you know, this is what's happening. He says, I've so got your back, sweetheart. I just love you. <laughs> he, he's one of those, <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, yes. And he's busy, he's busy, yeah. he's busy uh, filming a Netflix film, his second film on Armenia right now. So he's in the middle of filming and he stops and there he is uh, for, for this cause, such a special man. So and we must actually get you two together thank you that would be lovely and i'd like to introduce him also to our teammate amber J. she's the founder of comedy Gives yes yeah <gasps> would be amazing in fact if we did a, a a three collaboration there when's she back september okay so there Perfect. we go. We there we go. We have, we have you, we have you in mind, Hirsch. Wonderful. You Thank up. you both. Thank you, Janetta. Thank you, Dr. Jacqueline. What a wonderful, wonderful way to, to uh, start the day here for me. Thank you so much. Please do come back and see us on this show or our business show or any of our other shows. We'd love to have you and support your work. Gladly, gladly. And likewise, uh, we have to get you on Truth Tastes Funny. Yes. I have a feeling you're going to have a good time. And, I uh, love it. All right, looking forward. All right, thank you. See you again soon. Huge My hugs. pleasure. Take Lots care. Lots of love. Wow. <laughs> All right. Love to you both. Love to you too. Janetta, thank you so much for bringing Hirsch to the show. I got, got so engrossed, I didn't run the sponsorships. So um, I'm going to actually spotlight <laughs> you. And if you can share the best way for people to reach out to you, that would be fabulous. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, if, if there's anybody out there who'd like to know how to handle the challenges that are possibly overwhelming them right now, whether it's, and usually it has to do with communication, how to communicate or not communicate with a boss or a colleague or a client or friends or a family member or, or a partner or, or children or whatever. Um, we're all challenged at some time or, or another. So if you would like to uh, know how to skillfully step into that place of authenticity and truth that Hirsch was talking about just now, where you can speak your truth from an open-hearted place, not to hurt and not to, um, uh, to destroy, or not from a place of fear, but from a place of open-hearted understanding that it's your truth. It gets received like that. If you'd like to know more about how to do that, then please do reach out to me at theepiphanyprocess.com. Uh, I'm very approachable there, and you can you can write to me there. And if you'd like to know more about World Jenny's Day, there's worldjennysday.com. And uh, we would love your help, your support. We've got a big fundraising in a safari in a safari game park in Kenya coming up at the end of this month. So please do reach out there if you'd like to know more or participate or whatever. I'd love to hear from you. And once again, Dr. Jacqueline, thank you so much for this opportunity to share and co-host with you. I always love your energy. Love being here and look forward to this time next week. Lots of love to all of you out there, our viewers and our listeners. 
Thank you, Janetta, back at you. And I look forward to seeing you later today for your Talking Heads episode. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again. I'll see you in a few hours. Bye for now. Thank you, everyone, for watching, for listening. I truly appreciate you being here. We have nine shows today. That's right. Yours truly will be here for nine hours. And our next show is coming up, and the title is Rapping with Dr. Jacqueline. This is a show about nothing. So I look forward to welcoming my first guest, Madeline Chan, and we will be in our virtual living rooms, just having a chat and seeing where it goes. So if you'd like to be on any of our shows, please go over to our website, which is usaglobaltv.com, and you can book your session. We have a lot of exciting things going on. So we also now have within our house, so to speak, the ability to create jingles, to be able to create full-blown songs and productions, video and audio. If you have a special event coming up, for example, let's say you're getting engaged and you want to have a custom song written for that special someone, we can actually create that song for you and also the video that goes with it. And then it's yours and you can run off and do whatever it is you'd like. We also have the ability to create jingles. So for example, if you'd like to have happy birthday to you sung here on our platform to someone special or congratulations on your anniversary, so many ways that you can reach out and let other people know. You can go over to our website, USA Global TV, also to drjacqueline.com and you can go ahead and book in for a sing a and with that's it for now we'll be back shortly with our next show thanks again thank you Hearst thank you Janetta bye